my name is Autumn Dixon, and this week is August 21st through the 27th of the Come Follow Me program associated with the Church of Jesus Christ for Latter-day Saints. We're studying the New Testament this year for the year 2023. Now, for this particular week in August, we are reading in the Corinthians. And I find it really interesting to read the letters from Paul because we're used to lots of different formats for gospel learning. We're used to discussion and someone getting up and lecturing. We have seen a lot of these. But the doctrine that we're reading about this week was actually in the form of advice. It was advice from Paul to the Corinthians. He was speaking directly to the Corinthians. And so it was less about learning the plan of salvation in general. He was talking very specifically. The doctrine we're learning this week comes as advice. One of the things that he specifically talked to the Corinthians about. This is 1 Corinthians it's chapter 3, and it's verses 1 through 3. And it says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men. So Paul is saying, I want to share more about Jesus Christ with you. There is so much more that you can learn, but you're barely digesting what I've already given you, right? You can't handle meat. You're hardly digesting the milk and receiving what you're supposed to from the milk. It talks in... Chapter 3 about how they were dividing themselves by the missionary that taught them. And when I picture Paul writing this letter, I don't picture him angry with the Corinthians. I could be wrong, but I don't picture him angry. I picture him discouraged as he's writing this. And this is why I think that Paul has had incredible experiences with the Savior. Not just in his first experience with the Savior, but ever since that point, moving forward, he knows what it's like to live with the atonement. He knows what it's like to have Christ with you all the time. And he also knows that the Corinthians are living without without some of those blessings, without some of that peace. He knows that in some ways they are still living as though there was no atonement made. How do we sometimes mimic the Corinthians, right? How how are we walking in darkness? How are we not digesting the milk that we have so that we can receive more. And that's an interesting question to pose because I feel like it's like asking, okay, well, what do I not know? What? I don't even know what questions to ask, right? But let's talk about this a little bit. I want to dive a little deeper into how Paul must have been feeling while he was writing this letter. And that's because I feel like it's very motivational for us to try and work to that point. So like I said, Paul had this very personal relationship with the Savior. He would experience trials, and he could see eternity. 
He knew what was coming in the next life. He knew what it was like to have Christ as a constant companion, the peace that came with that. He knew what it was like to experience heaven around him in the midst of hell, right? And nobody could rob those feelings from him. Nobody could take that away from him. His peace of mind, this safe feeling that he must be experiencing, nobody could take that from him, which is an incredible way to live, right? It's such an uplifting way to live, to feel safe, to feel peace, and to know that those things cannot be taken away from you. He was walking in, recognizing and basking in light, right? He he knew what it felt felt like to walk in light and he was watching the Corinthians continue to walk in darkness at noonday. And because he knew what they were missing, it felt discouraging, right? This was this is almost one of the ultimate forms of self-sabotage when there is so much light and goodness to carry us through this mortal life and we are choosing to live without it. Now, I want to talk about this at, in the example that's on a much smaller scale. I have three kids and my two oldest are a lot like me and my little brother when we were younger. <laughs> so some mornings they wake up and they spend the entire day playing together and Evelyn leads them along in pretend games or she'll be kind and she'll go down to the basement where Warner can ride his bike and she can swing back and forth while he does that and it makes him so happy. And some days they play so good and it's awesome and then other days they wake up ready to fight immediately <laughs> no matter what I I don't even know what causes them to wake up that way, but sometimes they wake up and it's just like they're already at each other's throats first thing in the morning. And it carries on throughout the rest of the day. Now, when I watch this occurring, <laughs> I want so badly for Evelyn. I recognize that they're young and they're gonna grow out of it, by the way, I understand that. But when I look at Evelyn, I wish she could realize that the realize the influence that she has as an older sibling, how she can literally set the tone for her siblings for the rest of the day by being kind to Warner. I wish she could recognize that Warner wants to please her and Warner wants to be friends with her so badly. And that if she can reach out that hand, she could be enjoying a really fun day full of playing with her brother. Even if she doesn't have a chance to have a friend come over, she has her brother to play with. And like I said, I know that they eventually grow out of this. Me and my brother fought a ton and we grew out of it and we emailed through our missions, we're friends, et cetera, et cetera. But it's really hard to watch Evelyn and Warner doing it now because I know that they could be experiencing more fun and happier days if they could open their eyes. I know they're young. I know they're young. And I wonder often if this is sometimes how Heavenly Father feels, right? I wonder if he wishes that 
we would open our eyes and choose to believe him when he tells us that he is aware of us and knows where we are. That we open our eyes and recognize that he is there with us. I wonder if he wishes we could open our eyes and realize how safe we truly are because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And I wonder if he feels a desire to sigh dramatically when we bicker with our brothers and sisters. (laughs) I'm sure he doesn't actually sigh dramatically, but maybe he wants to sometimes. How do we open our eyes to the light that's already shining around us? How do we get to where Paul is, where we are ready for more? (laughs) Perhaps we've already gotten to the point where we realize that being civil with your siblings actually is really fun and wonderful. But all of us, to an extent, are still living in darkness, right? There are still parts of our lives that have not yet been illuminated by our Savior. Now, there are a myriad of ways that we can work our way towards being like Paul, where we're walking in the light that's already shining around us, where we are ready for more knowledge that's going to bless us. But I want to talk about two ways specifically. And I want to talk about it in the context of what Paul is seeing right there in Corinthians in chapter three. So when he's talking about them only receiving milk and he can't give them meat yet, He's talking about knowledge. He's talking about gospel doctrine. He's talking about things that they know. There's a quote by Joseph Smith that I absolutely love that took me a while to appreciate. (laughs) And it is that a man can only be saved as fast as he gains knowledge. And that was so interesting to me, this idea that knowledge can help us be saved. But when I think of the word saved, What does it really mean to be saved? Salvation. To me, it means living with our Savior as our companion, living with him, and experiencing heaven on a daily basis. When I think of the word saved, that is what I picture, living living with our Savior and experiencing heaven on a daily basis. When we think about knowledge and what it can give us, when you have a knowledge that your Savior is already walking by you, when you have a knowledge that his atonement can take care of all the pains you've experienced, not to mention all of the pains that are being experienced around the world at this very moment, you feel saved. You feel your savior close. Heaven feels a little bit closer, right? Knowledge is so powerful. And I want to talk about two ways, two ways that we can gain knowledge. First one is to appreciate and implement the knowledge that we already have. (laughs) In the context of the Corinthians, right? They were struggling with their unity. They were fighting and suing each other and (laughs) dividing themselves. Now, I've often talked about how I believe that our God is often a God of natural consequences. And I believe this goes for both good and bad, right? Rather than giving us a commandment and we follow it and then he showers blessings down on us and he almost artificially gives us blessings. Rather, I believe that he lives perfectly 
And he tells us how he lives so that we can achieve that and experience the happiness that he's experiencing. So what I mean by this, if the Corinthians could start living in a unified manner, if they could start working towards unity, the Lord wouldn't have to artificially bless them. There are so many blessings that naturally come with being part of a unified community. There is so much safety that is felt in knowing that your neighbor has your back. There is so much freedom to know that if anything goes wrong, you have people that you can lean on and you're not worried about it, right? There is connection. <laughs> there is lots of oxytocin. So many good things with being unified with other people. The Lord does not have to artificially bless us. I believe there are times when he does specifically rain down blessings upon us. But I believe that a lot of times he knows the blessings that just naturally come with living a righteous life. And so he asks us to live that way so that we can experience those blessings. If we are feeling unsatisfied in some portion of our lives, is there a gospel principle or a Christ-like attribute that you can apply in your life that you already know that you've been taught since you were a child or since you met with the missionaries? Is there a gospel principle or a Christ-like attribute that you can bring into your life that will help banish some of that dissatisfaction? Now, this doesn't need to be taken farther than it needs to be, right? It doesn't mean that anytime you're unhappy, it's because you're being wicked. That's not true. Sometimes there are very logical reasons as to why you might not be feeling happy. <laughs> Maybe there's been a death in your family or you're experiencing mental illness. There are a million reasons, and sometimes we just have bad days because that was part of mortal life. So this principle does not need to be taken out of its proper bounds. <laughs> Sometimes unhappiness happens and it has nothing to do with us sinning or anything. However, I believe it is worth examining because even if we're not directly sinning, sometimes if we can bring in a Christ-like attribute like faith and trusting that it's going to be okay, or if we can bring in a gospel principle those things can help banish some of that dissatisfaction. If the Corinthians could learn and could strive towards unity, they could banish some of the discomfort that comes with being not unified, right? Now, a second way that we can gain knowledge is to seek knowledge. Now, that sounds really, it's like, okay, thanks, Autumn. That was great. Thanks for sharing that. But I do want to talk about seeking knowledge because I believe that sometimes, sometimes we get a little, how do I put this? We get stopped a little. How do we seek knowledge, right? Do we go off? I mean, we've learned gospel principles from the time we're little. We've read through the scriptures before. We get taught every single Sunday. Maybe there is some deep book written by some apostle that we need to go and read and it'll teach us something new. I don't believe that that is the only way that we can seek knowledge. Perhaps you have felt that you've learned, just as an example, you've learned about faith your entire life <laughs> and you don't know what else you can possibly learn about faith. You've been told everything for so long and it's repeated over and over and over again, right? How do you seek knowledge when you feel like you've been taught the same things your whole entire life? Seeking gospel knowledge 
is different than seeking secular knowledge. It's not the same thing. It's not the same process, I guess I should say. More specifically, it's not the same process. You do not go, if you want to learn faith, right? If you want to seek knowledge about faith, you don't go and pick up a book and try to learn new facts about faith, right? I mean, reading a book, reading the scriptures can help, but it's not just about, it's not about learning facts and seeking new doctrine that we've never heard before. Seeking knowledge is more of a hands-on learning experience. So perhaps you have learned all the facts that there are to know about faith, but until you start to implement and implement it in your life and to experience it, you are not going to know everything about faith. Do you really believe, have you reached the point where you sincerely believe that if the Lord wanted you to cast out sickness or to command the trees and winds, that you could do it? Do you really, have you exercised enough faith that you know that, that you know faith and what the power that it can bring into your life? I have read about faith my entire life, but it wasn't until I really consciously and purposefully started trying to exercise it that I felt like I really actually gained a knowledge about faith, seeking knowledge about gospel principles is a different process than seeking secular knowledge. It's more hands-on rather than just trying to find out new facts that you've never heard before. I believe in a Savior that wants to give us knowledge as fast as we are able to bear it. I believe in a Savior who can help us with the process of gaining new knowledge. If you're feeling at a loss for how to seek knowledge and if you're feeling at a loss as to how you might be walking in darkness, you can pray about it. <laughs> you don't even have to do that part yourself. You don't even have to figure out what you're missing out on so that you can pray about it. You literally can pray about any single step in this process, and the Lord will walk you through every single step. I know that the Lord does not ask us to seek gospel knowledge for funsies. <laughs> he wants us to seek gospel knowledge to gain gospel knowledge because he knows what it is to live with eternal truth. Paul wants us to digest the milk that we've been given so that we can handle meat because he knows what it is to live with gospel knowledge. Knowledge that has sunk into your heart and changed who you are. I am grateful for a savior who offers those blessings to us, who helps us learn, who can open our eyes to what we're potentially missing. <laughs> I am grateful for him, and I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.